Happy Money Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Women Effect Podcast. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. I am incredibly grateful that you're joining us for the first time. The outcome that we're after on each episode of this show is to introduce you to as many people as we cross paths with to inspire and to help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How we go about achieving this is one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, that's success. Our featured guest for this week is surreal entrepreneur Jeff Lopes. He is based in Toronto and is the founder of corporations like Camerware and True Blue Homes. His Camerware brand is dedicated to innovating the boxing and martial arts equipment industry with the highest quality of products. Since launching his brand, he has sold over a quarter million pairs of boxing gloves. And you would think that's the reason why I wanted to have him on the show. Nope. In 2008, he experienced a life-altering moment that significantly changed his personal life. In that moment, he created a new purpose. Jeff realized quickly to achieve that purpose, family time would become the number one factor in his life. And it goes to show you, the most successful entrepreneurs aren't always the ones that have the most talent or have the best brands or the best companies. It's the ones at any given moment when life punch you in the face, you can make the proper adjustments to overcome. Without any more delay, I'll go ahead and bring on today's guest because this isn't my story to tell. It's his. Stand by for a quick message from our co-host, Wes Bays, who will not be joining us today. And let's go ahead and dive right in. Hi there. This is Wes Bays, co-founder of Winject Media Network and Winject Inc. Before we continue the show, I want to ask you a question. How would you like to gain access to behind-the-scenes footage, weekly live training with Chris and myself, as well as exclusive access to impactful segments of our shows that you can't get anywhere else? If that's you, here's what you need to do. Like and follow our Winject Facebook page. And on that page, you'll see a button on the right-hand corner with the title, Join Our Private Group. Click on that button and you'll be given instructions on how to do just that. Now, don't miss out on an opportunity to gain access to what people are calling the best content to grow and scale your life and business. Now, without further ado, let's get back to our show. All right, all right, all right. So excited to have you on, my man. What's going on, Jeff? I've, I'm I'm stoked to be here, man. This is a uh, it's a pleasure, man. I I love having conversation with you. Just uh, we have a nice flow, a nice conversation. So I'm excited to just have a good conversation today, brother. As as always, I mean, I appreciate all of our conversations, I and mean, even the one that just briefly. It was just like, man, we just got to hit record and just go ahead and dive right into this. And obviously, we're missing the co-host of our show, West Bay today is unwell. But and he, I know that he had some questions that he wanted to ask you, and he was going through a lot of your content, and it's kind of hard not to know who you are in this type of space in this industry. And it's so funny that we know so many people that yeah. we didn't know that we knew all together collectively. So that's yeah. a, a small, huge impact that we're making. World, right? Yeah, such a small world when you're looking well into a podcasting space, and when you have certain guests that come on, it's kind of like. You get a different version if you have the right, I guess, podcaster that asks the right questions. And yeah, I right. believe the right podcast, the good podcasters are going from good to great. And that's something we can definitely discuss. The ones that really excel in podcasting, they don't have a script. They no, are just no. 
they're they're just having a conversation and that's what podcasting i believe is all about and obviously you have a show is what is it um jeff knows yeah 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 love i'm going on yours soon i can't wait for that conversation but the spotlight's on you today my man i'm gonna gonna dig in let's have some fun i love it i'm excited brother right so for the most part i guess we can kind of lean in with for maybe if someone was listening to this and doesn't know your story and what you're about, there's a lot of different layers to you and what you've done and very successful person. And I'm love to have like people like you on that are multifaceted. There's so many different layers to you. Like, but for the most part, if someone was tuning into this and they don't know who you are and know who your stories, like how would you summarize yourself? I mean, on a personal level, I'm a, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm a, husband i'm a, a father of two amazing children a 14 12 year old and that's essentially my purpose mm-hmm. in the business world i've i've been at this for a long time i'm yeah. 43 i started my first company at 17 i really went hardcore in 19 and i've been at it for 24 plus years i got two main i've 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 been in the gym business i've been in the fitness business i've been in the memorabilia business i've been everywhere my main company i started 15 years ago was a company called Camore, where where it's sports, martial art, boxing oriented company. We design, we manufacture and we wholesale. And that is mm-hmm. our business. We've been doing that for 15 years. It's essentially, it's, it's like I said, it's boxing, martial art equipment. And we try to bring a premium line at affordable price. And that's why we were allowed to wholesale directly to the mama, papa gyms yeah. and, and furnish them all. And 12 years ago, I'll give you a little rundown of my, just who I am. 12 years ago, my son was born. Uh, he was hospitalized for the first four months of his life. My life turned upside down. And when we finally got him out of the hospital, he became my purpose. We were told he was going to be in the wheelchair. Um, he was diagnosed with uh, CP, several palsy, and I couldn't accept that. Yeah. And that's just my mindset. And that's so how I, I've been driven my whole life. And I couldn't accept that as a, as a human. I just, I was like, I, I can't accept that. And, and that's when my journey with him began. And from, 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 I'm going to be in a wheelchair. We got him to AFOs to braces from braces. We got him to walking from walking. We got him to running and at 12 years old, he's getting ready to run his first marathon. So that became my purpose. And in order to do that, I I realized I need a lot more passive income. And that's when I dive dove into the vacation rental business. And I started building portfolio vacation rentals until this day where it just, um, we're in the process of building a 16 acre um, cabin resort in the beautiful part of up Northern Ontario, which is a place called Muskoka. So I'm in the vacation rental business. I'm in the sporting goods business. I'm in the podcast business. Mm -hmm. And, and when it comes to the coaching side, I've been coaching um, entrepreneurs for the last three years. I've never charged a penny. It was my way of giving back to young entrepreneurs. I, I just took I took sixty four over the last three years entrepreneurs under my wing, and and I guided them. And a few of them have got to six seven figure companies, and it's just my mindset of giving back. And when this whole pandemic hit in May, it was just an eye opener. Was like you know what? There's so much more opportunity to help entrepreneurs, and I really dove into it for the first time ever. I said you know what? I want to help as many entrepreneurs as I could, but I also realized there's a huge separation between fathers and entrepreneurs and 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 i felt like everything i've learned over 14 years of my dedication my i like i said i haven't missed a dinner at home in in 12 years my dedication as a father and as an entrepreneur my drive i thought there this is a great opportunity to 
teach other entrepreneurs how to find balance in their life, how to mm. find balance as a father, find balance as a husband, find balance as a businessman. And and in one way I thought of just connecting to the masses was through the podcast. Yes. And the podcast started off as just a fun little podcast in May and it's it has exploded. I mean, getting guests like you, just the, the networking, the people we've met, the people we've interviewed, and it's just built and opened up all these doors for me, which I never thought it would open so quickly. And and everything just it, that's me in a nutshell. It's just it's just there's so many so layers. It's open up that quickly for you because you put in the work. There's a lot of substance. Yeah, I can't 100%. tell you how many people I've met that they're only surface level. And I used to think, Jeff, to be honest with you, I used to think they're only surface level because maybe they were trying to drive them to something else. But the more that I have conversations with them, they're only they're, they're just that paper thin. And yes. that's why I believe that when there are certain, I guess, communities, and, and it's not really a community that we go to and we find the great minds and in, in, in having really impactful conversations and deep conversations, they, we, they, we'll pick out ones that we will bring on the show and then they'll introduce me to like 50 other people. And I have a hard time. I think was who introduced us? Um, Eric Salzantine. Was it? Oh, yeah. Eric. Yeah. 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 Great story. Great yeah. story. Story. Yeah. Great story. And, you know, obviously, you know, from what he's like, prison to purpose. I think that's his, uh, yeah. I think yeah. that's his line. Yeah. He done, he's done a lot of different things. And there's a lot of people that just don't understand the importance of really digging deep and making the proper adjustments when it comes to even their life in general. I don't really, I, someone mentioned to me, they always say, you know, work-life balance. It's not work-life balance. It's my life balance. 100%. Because work is just what I do. I mean, yeah. I'm not bought into the identity of being successful. And I had to suffer from, you know, trials and tribulations and, and the setbacks that I, I had yeah. in my journey, but that was there for a purpose. Yeah, 100%. Everything we need to overcome, right? It's an opportunity, man. And we talk a lot about that. I've wrote down some notes, just some, you know, some angles yeah. for us to talk about because there's so much there, right? Oh, but let's man. let's take a like let's take a step all the way back at the beginning at 17 when you yeah. started your first business. Why start a business and not go the traditional way? At 17, it yeah. was it was it was just I thought I think as op a pure entrepreneur, you find opportunities in needs. Yeah. And, and I was 17. I'll, I'll give you a quick little story how that company started. I was 17 and um, my buddies at high school, we'd go to a mall after school and a couple of my friends would work at some of these little clothing stores part-time from three to seven or three to nine or whatever like that. And I would talk to, and we would just hang out in the food court and I would talk to some of the managers and they would always be complaining that you're getting a lot of theft. And I thought, you know what? There's an opportunity there, and and from that little opportunity, I decided, you know what? Let me let me let me let me research this more. And and strictly security services started. It was actually a security company. And what I actually did was I invested 250 bucks. I bought a couple walkies. I bought a couple jackets saying security. <laughs> I went to the manager to say, listen, I'm going to put somebody in front of your door as a loss prevention from three to seven o'clock, which is their highest theft rate. Anybody that's any kids are going to come and steal. They're going to see somebody, they're going to go to the next door because this will be deterrent to them. And that's all it was. And I ended up hiring all my buddies from high school and, and, and all my friends from high school. And they would actually go there from three to seven working. 
and I would charge this store. Back then, I was charging the store, I think, like $13.50 an hour. And I was paying my buddies like $6.50 an hour. That was a minimum <laughs> wage. And, and, that's, and that's how it all started. And, and from one shop went to two to three. And I had that business for a couple of years. And, and, and then I ended up selling that company. So that was my first experience with being an entrepreneur. And, I, and it was a registered sole business. I paid 60 bucks for a, a registration of the company and got the name. And that was my first experience. I mean, I if I look back at, I mean, at 12, 13 years old, I was always hustling. I would, I was into yeah. sports cards. I would, my dad would drop me out of a sports card store. Uh, <laughs> I, I, one of the, one of the, um, one of the uh, shows on a, on a Saturday, and I would buy a whole bunch of boxes. I'd open them up, and before I would leave the show with a couple hundred bucks in my pocket every Saturday, and that was just like, wow, it was my spending money. I mean, I was only mm-hmm. friend of all my buddies that would have always cash on me because I. What would do you go think that shows. comes from? That 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 just a way of thinking I, you know what a lot of people have that argument all the time is like are, are you born an entrepreneur or are you not like i i i do believe that you are born there's there's a I certain so, magnitude yeah. of hustle in you when i'm up at 4 30 every single morning chris i don't have to be i want to be yes okay and that is and that is the the thing is i always talk about this and once you could learn to adjust and reframe your mind everything in life becomes more simple and it's it's not like i have to pick up my kids today i want to pick up my kids today i'm able to, to pick yeah. up my kids today yeah. i don't have to go to work i'm able to go to work i can i get to go to work it's having a mind frame where you shifted and and i did that at such a young age i understood that mm-hmm. and i understood that everything was an opportunity and, and, and opportunities come and go and you got to jump on them. As soon as you had see that opportunity, you got to jump on it. And, and I realized more and more, I was separating myself from all my friends, separating myself from all these people at my age where I was like, I wanted more. I wanted to hustle more. I wanted right. to succeed more at a young age. So being able to see that, and you know what they always say is surround yourself around people that you want to be. At that age, I didn't have nobody else around me that I wanted to be. I didn't really understand. I had no entrepreneurs in my family. My grandfather was an entrepreneur back in Portugal, and he was a big influence in me. But there was no other. Everybody else in my family were nine-to-five blue-collar workers. So to me, I had that pressure from my parents saying, hey, I want you to have a steady job. And I was like, yeah. no, I want to be an entrepreneur. So Same my thing pa- for my family. Yeah, yeah my, my, my mom, like, like, I want you to go to university. I want you to get become a doctor. Like I had good grades. You want to become, and I was like, no, I can't work for nobody. It was that mindset in my head where I'd rather be squeegeeing cars on, on the street than working against somebody to give me orders all day. And I had that from such a young age and, and be honest, I've till this day, I've never worked for anybody. And it was always that mindset where it's like, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to do this on my own one way or another. And you find ways as an entrepreneur, you find opportunities and you find ways to keep, to keep shifting, to keep altering your path. Right. Right. A hundred percent. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for this conversation, the way it's going already. I mean, it is what 10 minutes into this, yeah. if you're not already getting something from this guys. I hope that you're writing down some notes because you're going to learn some things. We have a similar past. I, I started my first company at 14 yeah. by accident. And it was literally because I wanted to wear Jordans and I wanted to wear Tommy Hilfiger and I wanted to wear nice clothes. Cause I was at that age where, you know, it, it means something. I was really good at sports. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't like, I would say popular, but I was good. They respect me. You know, I, I was, I was just myself, but I wanted to wear nice clothes, but my, you know, just like your, your son's, you know, born with a disadvantage and challenge. Yeah. And that's how I look at it because my sister was born handicapped. 
Yeah. And, you know, same, not obviously it's similar to what, what was going on, but she couldn't move. She couldn't walk. She couldn't talk. She can, you know, all the things she could do is breathe pretty much and experience emotion. That's yeah. pretty much it. And I've had to watch her breathe through tubes her whole life until she passed away. You know, when I was right before I turned 16, yeah. But when I started my first business, it come from my my father. We moved from one area in Charleston, South Carolina. It was like, I wouldn't say a, a really bad area. It was just a poor area. And then we moved into kind of like the suburbs. Okay. Yeah. After my dad working his whole life, you know, two to three jobs. It coming from that work ethic. And when I moved from that area to a subdivision, the suburbs, I was like, I want to wear, you know, Jordans. I wanted to wear this and I want to wear that. But we just bought a new house and he couldn't do it. So he was like, listen, I've been teaching you things your whole life. I've been teaching you how to cut grass, rake leaves, wash cars. And if you haven't paid attention to your surroundings right now, and there's a lot of old people in this neighborhood. Go get your lawnmower, go cut grass. And I, and I took over a whole neighborhood, man. That yeah. first summer, then the next summer came around. Everyone started to try to cut the grass. Like the people, they're like, no, the Chris, Chris cuts his grass. And so that what I would did, I was like, I looked at it for an opportunity. Then yeah, I grew exactly. into like everyone I'm paying them, you know, a commission to cut the grass and they were paying me for the whole thing. So the money always came through me and I was paying them, which is kind of funny, but that that's where you have to look at the hidden opportunities and everything. hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm an optimistic person. Yeah. So when you're looking at life through an optimistic lens, anything is possible. 100%. When you're looking at that, when you've always had that type of way of looking at life, how many people that you come in contact with that don't have that way of understanding? Do you look at them as an employee or less of a person? Or do you look at them as like, maybe do you try to help them and serve them? You try to help them and serve them. I mean, that's, I think that's all our, our, our job as humans is, is, is trying to, you're trying to serve and help people as yeah. much as you can. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll get back into this. I want to, I want to say one thing that you're saying. And I actually did a post the other day on IG. I did a video and, and we talked about challenges and I actually, and I actually did a post on that. Um, when you're talking about your, your sister and I'm talking about my son challenges, any parent out there that has a child with challenges, challenges and i said this in my video challenges are actually opportunities you got to yeah. take that challenge as an opportunity because in this world we do not grow nothing grows a plant nothing grows without an opportunity to grow and challenge so you need the you need to challenge something in order to grow mm -hmm. and you got to take these challenges and any parent out there that has a child with challenges I took my son and I challenged him so hard before he realized he was even being challenged. Yes. And because of that, I pushed and I pushed and I drove and I drove him. At 12 years old, I could put my son next to any 12-year-old in the world. And I guarantee mentally, he'll outlast them all because he's been challenged from day one so hard. So any parent that has a child with challenges, use that as an opportunity for growth. Challenge them harder than anything and push them harder than you ever think is possible. And when you think you push them too hard, push them harder, because that's the way they're gonna grow and develop and change their path and change the label the doctors gave them. So take that, I just wanted to say that, and I apologize for breaking in there, but no, no challenges are some as opportunities for growth. And I, I can't, I couldn't agree anymore. Yeah. But you have to look, that's the whole thing is looking through an optimistic lens. hundred percent. I'm not going to accept someone telling me that I can't do something. No, I'm not going to accept that. Just like my older sister that passed away. 
she didn't accept that they gave her a diagnosis of only going to live until she was four years old and she made it to 18. But she, but here's a beautiful part. Just like your son didn't know that he was being challenged his whole life. She had no idea because she couldn't comprehend that diagnosis. Yeah. So yeah. they said, Hey, you're not going to live until this, this time. Maybe. Well, she didn't understand it. No, but she was breathing through. I watched her fight, man. You learned so much by watching someone that has a disability or a, like, you know, or maybe just a face with a lot of adversity and challenges and then watching them overcome because that's the only thing. That's the only choice they have is either live or die. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, and, and you can, we can make a transition into business with this kind of conversation, but it comes from sports, comes from anything. When you're only left with one option, that's when you're going to win, in yeah, my opinion. 100%. 100%. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you, you're, I think a lot has to do with your upbringing as well, but it's having yeah. that drive where it's, 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 it's having that mindset where it's, it's do or die. Like you're saying, you're, you're putting in the corner and you're going to fight for your life kind of thing. Right. But the same with even entrepreneurs is it's, and I think that's what separates the top entrepreneurs and people that want to be entrepreneurs is, is ones that could push themselves that hard. We, I had this conversation the other day with somebody and this goes into the sports realm of the world. You could get out of college, pick basketball. For example, you could align the top draft picks for the next, next next year 2021 the top 20 draft picks in the first round or 25 draft picks and if you look at every single one of their dna's they're so similar their athletic yes. ability is so similar now what is the difference from one of those guys becoming the next jordan and one of them becoming two years from now unemployed out of the out of the league is that drive that mindset they always say about kobe Kobe, that was the reason he had a helicopter. He was, he would, even at his peak, after he won all these championships, he would still be at the, the, at the arena an hour and a half before his teammates throwing 1,500 hoops. On purpose. On purpose. Because he always wanted to get better. So the best players in the world are not there because of genetics. They're there because they put the hours, the work in, and they work harder than everybody else. Mm -hmm. So work ethic is so important to understand as well, right? Right. A hundred percent. I mean, that's one thing that is funny. We're having this conversation. I, I told someone I was actually in a training and I just took over the training. It was someone else's training and I was just on and I was guest speaking kind yeah. of, you know, yeah. just answer questions. And the conversation went from sales to overcoming adversity. And just, I'm like, listen, you, you might have a silver spoon in your mouth and you might come from privilege. You might, I don't know, you have an MBA, you might have this. And just one thing you're not going to do is outwork me hundred percent. You're I, not going to outwork me. Yeah. And I am willing to die right now Yeah, until I'm going to, whatever the outcome is, that's the, yeah. I'm going to win. Yeah. That's my mindset. It, I, it, it I, is I, what I it die. is. And it's not about me winning that I'm playing an infinite game, not a finite game. Let me jump in there, Chris. This is also going, and I, I, I keep stressing on children because I think a lot of parents, and this is my passion now to teach dads is you have to start instilling this as a young age because yeah. i do believe you could teach this because you get kids nowadays they enter a track and field tournament 
the kid that finished 12th place, he's still on the stage getting a, a participation to trophy. Yes. Yeah, bullshit. Insane. Yeah, yeah. You it's, can it's, it's, you're you're, it's you're showing 100% bullshit. You're, you're saying, hey, just by being mediocre, just by being okay, you're being rewarded. That's not okay. You're the teaching sense of entitlement, people. Man, man, in this society these days, the sense of entitlement drives me insane. 100%. You're teaching individuals at a young age and, and when they're being molded that, hey, it's okay to be okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have to win. You don't have to want to win. You don't have to want to be the best. No, that's opposite. Because no once they get into the real world, they get eaten alive. Right. You have to teach your kids to win. My, I'm I'm all the time when my kids, I'm like, my daughter comes and, and, and it's like, I've instilled this from such a young age and I'm seeing it all come to fruition right now. Like, I'm going to get a little rundown right now. My daughter is, um, because of my son, and we've put so much hours and so much a couple effort. Couple years, dude. She's what two years? Five. I'm remembering. Oh, no, she's two years older. She's fourteen. Two year, yeah, two, yeah. So, that's right. two years ago, I'm going to give you an example. How from day one, I've always been pushing these kids. Both kids. My kids don't play video games. My kids work out. This summer, when they were home from school, I mean, COVID, they've been home for a while. But when they're home from school, these kids every day they wake up together, a twelve and fourteen year old, and work out together. That's awesome. And I'm going to give you an example. My daughter, two years ago, she's been doing dance her whole life, never competitive. And because competitive dance is a different world and you've got to put a lot of hours, a lot of time yes. into it. And, and my daughter has always wanted to do competitive, but because we've put so much hours into my son physically to get him to this level, we have never had the time. So my daughter came to me two years ago and says, dad, I, I really want to do competitive. I'm 12 years old. I've been doing dance my whole life. I think I could do well. I said, listen, Sierra, I go, you're going to try for the part-time team. If you make the part-time team, I want to see how competitive and how driven you are. If you do well and you're competitive is very, is uh, with a part-time team, you only do two competitions and one recital. It wasn't a lot of time. It was twice a week training. I said, do this for one year and let's see what happens. So she did it for the, for the first year competitive. She made the part-time team, which is, I knew she was going to make. And, and she had her two competitions, two competitions, one platinum and both. She'd been his first and both. So I was like, oh. Great. Here we but go. Was she the most talented? That's the question. Hardest worker. Hardest right. worker. Hardest right. worker. This kid would be in her basement in our house training nonstop on top of her dance. So she says, Dad, I want to try out for the competitive team next year, the full-time team. I, I couldn't say no. So I let her try out for the competitive team. Of course, she makes competitive team, the full-time team. She comes to me a couple days later, says, Dad, there's high performance team. Um, it's part of the city program. It's going to be I, I think she said it was like three, 400 competitors all trying out for these 12 positions. I'm not going to make it, but I just want to try it out and I want to get the experience. I said, you know what? Pay the registration, go have fun. I get a call a week later. She made the team <laughs> and, and, and she's doing dance she seven. Did. She's doing dance seven times a week now. And, and I was so, I was like, wow, this is going to be a lot of commitment as parents, but I was so proud of her. So I actually, to tell her, I didn't even tell her. I, I waited about three, four days to even tell her. She kept asking me, did you get a call? Did you get a call? And and I'm like, probably, they haven't called. You probably haven't made it. I just kept playing with her. And I actually took her to Starbucks. You know, on Starbucks, they write something on the cup. And I made the girl write, hey, you made the HP team. And we we're sitting down outside having, uh, she was having a drink. And I put the cup in front of her. And, and she, and she took a while. Then I go, what does this see on the cup? And she read it and she was like bawling in tears, but it's that, it's that mindset where she's so driven. She's so driven. So uh, I'm going to continue that. So when you're on the high performance team, usually you take, you have to be on the team for about three, four years before you get a duet or a solo. 
So this is her second year. We just got a call. She got a solo duet and she's on three teams. Amazing. But it's that drive. It's that it drive, that drive, that drive, right? And I could get into my son with baseball, the same thing, right? It's it's teaching your kids from a young age to have that mental drive and push themselves harder than everybody else in the room. Once you build that into their fabric, it's going to be there the rest of their life. It's so important. My father was, man, he's amazing and he's still amazing to this day. He has probably one of the only humans on this planet that I will always listen to always and he has a way of breaking through my bullshit yeah always doesn't matter how much money i made down on all the business that all that he doesn't see me as that he's i'm no, his son his son that's all it is i love he, it he's gonna call me out of my bullshit yeah but my dad oh he taught me in a in a very young age no one in life is gonna hand you a damn thing no yeah. one no if you want to if you want it go out and take it yeah Cause they ain't going to hand it to you and they're going to probably not let you get it in the first place. So just take it and then ask for, just ask for forgiveness. Be like I stole it, <laughs> Whatever, not stolen in a bad way, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to go after it, man. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's that drive. And, it, it, and a lot of times it comes from you people that not having the ability or someone at some point telling them they couldn't achieve it or they couldn't have a certain thing. And that was, that's where I that's where it comes from for me. But the fuel for myself or fuel for any person, it's not about the talent or you talked about the draft picks, maybe the top 20. Yeah. I want what I would do if in that type of situation is asking questions. And I see a lot of people that do this now that you know at a very young age, I'll ask them questions. I want to see how much adversity you had to overcome in your life. Because that's your fuel. How much fuel you got? How much fight do you have in you? Yeah, you got some players right now. And of course, the way that, you know, the social media works and all the, you know, all the amazing opportunities in sports, they'll only play for, you know, what, six to eight years and just retire. Yeah. Yeah. The financial gains, of course. Right. Of course. And but that's the that's why I love college sports as much as I do, because yeah. <laughs> they get they still have something to prove. They still have something to go after. Yeah. hundred percent. Other than just a championship. It's the culture. Right. And then it's the culture and it starts, it starts from the top and it goes all the way down to the bottom and it goes all the way back up. And it's all about transferring that energy positively into people. And if yeah. you have that influence and you talk about, you know, pulling from certain, you know, challenges in life and overcoming things. And once you're able to kind of say, Hey, I'm able to see something from what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. It is possible. And if you're living life and you're looking at life through an optimistic lens, anything is possible. You're always going to win anyway. And I love this about, and I guarantee you if I asked your daughter a couple of questions about her, the way that, that what she does now, right? If I had to ask, if I, even some of her losses or setbacks, and if I asked her a question, what did you learn? She'll be able to tell me. 100%. 100%. Because every single loss, I actually, as a parent, sit down with them and I, and, and I didn't even know on this. Here we go. I, I, I reflect on every loss. I there's a, I want to, I'm going to, there's two things I want to talk to you about in there. And I think there'll be lessons for the audience as well. Um, I think a lot, we're talking about building strength and building a mindset with your children, but I also think it's also building something that you talked about, but you didn't say the exact words is, 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 is fear. A lot of people do not take opportunity because they're scared. Mm -hmm. They're scared of rejection. They're scared of not making it. They're scared of what their peers are going to say. They're scared of what their family is going to say. And they don't take an opportunity starting a business, starting a new career, starting whatever. 
fear is something is another thing that parents could cut right from the beginning. Right. I think fear is something that as parents we're instilling in our kids when they're so young and they don't even realize it when little stuff, don't touch a, don't touch a stove. You're going to burn your hands. Don't run down the stairs. You're going to fall. You're always instilling these, these moments of, Hey, don't do something because you're going to get you something else. So bad will happen. Right. And these fears are instilled in your children from such a young age. So when they get older and they become adults, they always have their foot back. They, they don't want to offend nobody. They don't want, they, they, they're so scared of rejection. They're so scared of reaction by people. And they don't take that opportunity to be an entrepreneur. They don't take that opportunity to, to enjoy that career. So I think as parents from the beginning, like your dad pretty much instilled in you, don't have, don't be scared. You got something to do, you go do it. And, and that is so important for parents to instill in themselves. And then another lesson you were talking about, and I think it was really important is, is when you're talking about the college team from the top to the bottom is team team. Yeah. And a lot of entrepreneurs, and this is something I've been watching for the last little while is I get a lot of entrepreneurs that come to me and like, they, they can't get their team. When I'm talking to a team is their employees to all work together. And, yep. and, and, and they have, they struggle with one guy working harder than another guy. And they're like, this guy doesn't put the effort in this guy doesn't do this. And they're always complaining. And, 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 and somebody actually taught me this a little while back. When you're looking at your employees, you have to gravitate and look at them as a sports team. Mm -hmm. And why I'm saying that is you look at a sports team. Let's, let's talk about hockey. For example, you got your four lines. You have your top line with your superstars, your captains, and then you got your fourth line with your grinders. Mm -hmm. They might not be as talented. They might not be as smart, but they're going to put the work in and the effort. And then you got your top guys that might not work as hard, but every once in a while they throw that gem, they score that goal, and, yep. you, and that's what you pay them the big bucks for. So you have to look at your employees that every single person has their own level. Right. And, their and own they have their own role. They have their role. It, right. Exactly. But at the end of the day, employees, you run your business as a team and you all have the end goal to win the championship and they all understand this end goal. And they also understand that everybody in that team is replaceable because yeah. you can replace that position or somebody can move up in that team. You're going to have a better business and a better structured company. So I think I just brought that in because you're talking about team and it's something that I, I've been, I've been working with a lot of other entrepreneurs teaching them how to value their employees as a team and build them as a team. It's not a family, it's a team. Right. Like us as CEOs and us as leaders of businesses, and you've done a lot of different types of things. And this is a good yeah. transition yeah. with this. My, and I'm sure that you're going to see eye to eye with me on this. My role as a CEO or my role as a leader of my businesses and corporations, my role is to put everyone on my staff in a position to win 100%. every day. 100%. That's my responsibility. Yes. I signed up for this role. They didn't sign up for a CEO role. They signed up to work with me, not for me, with me. Yeah. And it's one, you know, I always say it, it's like one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, that's success. And you have to make sure that everyone is speaking that same and that yeah. same heartbeat and that beating that same, that beat on that drum, right? Everyone's moving in one pace and everyone understands the mission and everyone understands their role. Like it comes from the military. Like when I was in the military for years and I learned from really, really strong leaders, if they walked up to someone and they're brought to go into a mission and I said, Jeff, what's your job? And if you don't automatically tell me, you're not coming with me because 
you will probably end up hurting a someone. Yeah, a liability. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it just life or death, man. This isn't, you know, like we're not playing badminton, bro. Yeah. Like we're going out there and doing some shit. Yeah. So if you're not able to tell that that's that hesitation piece that people yeah. don't understand. And I, even with my staff, it doesn't matter. Like every person has a role on that team and they're always going to the next role and learning something different. So this yeah. next man up, what 100%. happens if that one drops, you lose a seat, you lose a director that day, or they go on vacation, they become sick, unwell. What's going to happen? I, we have to win. We win by small gains. We don't win by huge gains, small gains. Let me jump in there. This is something I've done with all my companies from day one. Every time I hire a new employee, if I have five guys in the office, if I, every time I hire a new employee, that employee has a position. Don't get me wrong. They have a position. They have a role. They have their duties. But I also spend time teaching them everybody else's role. Yes. And I teach them a little, but every, and everybody knows that I do this. So I want to be able to, if, if employee A is on vacation, employee B could jump in and help do his role. If employee B decides to not come to work today, employee C could, they might not do their role hundred percent, but they'll do enough with the company manual, do enough just to get by and get the job done. So yeah. everybody, our office is, 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 is my main office is an actual loft setting. There's no actual offices. It's just an open area. And I say it with my staff, I love that. and I love everybody that. knows everybody's role and everybody, if one guy has more packing to do, we'll get all the guys are in the warehouse. We get a truck. Everybody's at the, everybody's in the, everybody's at the dock unloading that truck. Mm-hmm. And it's to have that mentality of working as a team and understanding everybody's role that everybody realizes they're re- replaceable. That's one. Second, mm-hmm. you're never stuck in a situation. As a, as an entrepreneur, you never want to be stuck in a situation where you are left without staff and pandemic, for example, and yeah. all of a sudden not know how to run your own business. You Here's the thing. And there's a couple of things you mentioned. And you talk about having an open space and everyone, pit, you know, Lends a helping hand, it sounds like. If something yeah. comes in, they have to do this. And if they're not working on certain requirements or certain things that they have to do each and every day, yeah. pre, yeah. of course, you have prerequisites, right? Yes. But if you have something and you are over overwhelmed in one area, in one department, all the other departments help out because you're still 100%. one unit. 100%. I go into corporations and one of the deciding factors for me taking on a new contract with a corporation or a business, whatever, whatever do it. I like to go in and just observe. Yeah. And I see, I see the, there's no bridge between the departments and there's no one communicating like sales hates marketing, marketing hates sales because they're not converting. You have um, finance, you have operations and you have fulfillment and they feel like the sales isn't doing the right job of bringing the right qualified buyers to the business, to getting the fulfillment or not looking through certain things. And that's one of the things that I pay attention to. And I'll ask a question. I'm like, you have people standing around and shit. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, that's great. Well, I mean, well, that's not my job. What do you mean? It's not your job. Yeah. You get that a lot though. That's how most companies are run. Well, and yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate. It actually happens because it gives me a lot of opportunity in the day yeah. today. But then again, it, it comes but that's one of the biggest things that I can share with a CEO. And I mentor these guys. You mentioned, I think what 64 people yeah. that you've mentoring. Yeah. That's my way of giving back that extra piece that I don't charge them for. Yeah. It's teaching them something that's going to make an impact with them years later. Yeah. 
And that's why they always come up with our, my, they'll say my name. Although now in a lot of, a lot of times in the last, you know, of course, in the, with the pandemic and everything happened and, you know, virtual meetings and, and podcasting and over the last year, I'm just so blessed to have so many people tuning in each and every week. We had it up at the two, two a week now yeah. <laughs> because people are dying for the new episodes to come out. So your episode will come out and then we'll do a Q and a, and then they're getting that and they're getting so many other trainings, but they'll mention they'll, now that's why I have so many people that are listening to the podcast. They come from years before. Yeah. Years. Oh, I remember that guy. I remember him. He was working, you know, and it's just the way it is. Yeah. It's all about, but that relationship building, that's something you, you, you're big on. So we can kind of, that, that relationship building is important. I think that's where you had so many, like with your, you were in UFC, what's what, 27 or 20, 30 fighters that had your brand. Oh, at one point we had, I mean, when, when the, when we started the Kamora and all that stuff. Yeah, when we started in 2006, Kamorawear, and I dove into the UFC, um, that was when the UFC was just, it was about to yeah. take off. I got, I jumped on the bandwagon just about before the whole the whole takeoff. So I, I got there at the right time. And the company actually started as an apparel company because I thought, you know what, I, as a brand, I looked at the long term. I'm always pivoting all my companies. Mm -hmm. And I realized at the beginning, I needed to get some brand awareness. How many get brand awareness? Let's make it a apparel line. Let's get some gear on guys and let's just get the brand out. And then we'll figure out what we're going to do with it at that point. So I was I was essentially the first company to start doing walkout shirts. And we had, until the day I got all the images, we had 27, 28 at the start. Like right off the bat, we went hard doing, we would do all their walkout shirts and do all their apparel. And and we had this great relationship with all these athletes. And then about a year, year and a half later, all of a sudden, these bigger brands like the Tap Outs and all these other brands right. started coming in and dropping big loads of money to these athletes. And that's when all of a sudden I was like, hey, let's start pivoting. And then I started right. getting into equipment. And then and so I'm constantly pivoting the company. And that's why after 15 years, these brands that did all the apparel and massive corporations, they all went bankrupt. And right, we're, exactly. we're, still, we're still here kicking, right? So that's it's, it's so important. Out. Not to cut you off, just real quick, yeah. I want to ask you a question because yeah. a lot of people they fall victim to this when they have they're looking at their competitors. You don't look at the competitors, and it sounds like for me, you're looking at what the market needs and where you can make an opportunity or have I, an opportunity. I could honestly tell you, any company I've ever done, I've never ever focused on any competitors. Believe me, I'm aware. You're aware of what they're doing, but I never focus. I never and and, and what they do never changes my path. And what mm -hmm. I try to do is I try to look at how I could pivot to be ahead of the market. So I try to be one step ahead of the market at all times. So with Kamorware, we went from apparel to equipment. From equipment, we figured out okay, we went to first off, we went to high end equipment, and then from high end equipment, I realized that we had to get more of a low end. To have a balance so we right. but people would join a gym for the first time and they would go to a walmart to buy a pair of gloves i'm like i, I don't want to lose that customer so then we we came in with a lower end we call it a spire line you aspire to the b and and we came up with the beginner line and a premium line yeah, and they're, they're not gonna like a new beginner at a gym they're gonna pay for a 150 dollars glove no no so, so we did yeah. an affordable glove and then from there i realized these gym owners are mama papa shops and they're barely making enough to pay for their rent. How could I help them? But at the same time, help myself. And I went directly to the gyms. And I said, you know what? We're going to start wholesaling to all the gyms. Love it. So we started wholesaling to all the gyms. And then from there, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm always pivoting. So then all of a sudden, people started jumping on the bad wagon. You always get people following your path, which is great because you're a leader. 
And then I realized, you know what? Let's start getting to custom. And now we became the king of customs. We do custom. We've outfit gyms from start to finish, and we're doing and and we're destroying it, outfitting gyms, right? So it's constantly pivoting the brand and figuring out the market. So even when I saw the pandemic hit, I realized I had to go direct to consumer now, and that would be because the gyms were going to close. So I started pivoting towards more fitness, more home equipment. So you're always pivoting and changing. To where the market's going as long as you could do that you're fine the people that stagnant and have that fall in love with their idea and fall in love with what their path is and say this is going to work and no matter what i'm going to stick with it are the ones that fall apart and go bankrupt Mm -hmm. how much do you communicate that to your whole staff or do you just communicate it to your directors did you (laughs) communicate it to i mean everybody 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 is aware of what is happening at all times Right. As, as long as everybody's aware, everybody's on the same page, everybody's on the same path, it's a team. Everybody has the same goal. So we, we have constant weekly meetings and we have a set direction. And I love to have input from all my staff, from the warehouse guys. Everybody has an input of where the company is going at all times. So I, I, I the more voices you hear, you might get that one idea, they'll snap. So right. do not ever shut down any listeners. They just open up your ears, take input as much as you can. And then as a leader, you figure out the direction you want to go with it, right? And that's how you're able to make the proper adjustments before it happened and anticipating the change. 100%, 100%. Like when COVID happened, I'm of course, you know, it's unpredictable times. People get scared. Yeah. And you can't really predict the future, but you're not really trying to predict the future if you're exceeding expectations in the first place. I don't want to know exactly what's going to happen. I know the, what the minimum I'm yeah. going to hit. Yeah. But when the pandemic and everything started, the conversations weren't long between Wes and I and you know other, other businesses that I own by myself. The conversation wasn't long. No, I just made a proper adjustments to move. That's and all I just it. executed. That's all I did was execute. That's and everyone's all. flipping out. You know, like bought into like the whole like, you know, oh my God, everyone's freaking out. This and this. And I'm like, nah, man, we're calm, collective, and we're making the right moves and we know exactly what we need to do. It's it's taking opportunity, right? When when it's I mean, you look at a situation, you take opportunity with it. Mm-hmm. And 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 a lot of people at the beginning I was kind of hesitant to say this, but 2020 has been the best year of my life for business. Mm. And, and I know a lot of people in this world is flipped upside down and there's so much hatred. There's so much happening. So many people are dying. There's so much negativity in this world right now. And I understand that with all the politics and, and black lives matter, and there's so much Hmm. things happening in this world. And, and sometimes I, I question, should I say that, but you know what? I'm okay with saying that because one, I'm giving people opportunity with job you can't ignore you can't ignore exactly what's happening you have to at least address it i get it 100 and then second is with my social media with my influence i feel like i'm giving back i'm giving hope to people Mm -hmm. and by giving hope and giving and trying to bring people's spirits up and being a a year to listen to people and and a voice for the people Mm -hmm. if anything i feel like i'm helping people I'm, i'm i'm putting myself on a platform to be able to help people so me being successful, if I wasn't successful, if I wasn't doing well, I wouldn't be able to give back. So me right. being able to give back is a blessing for everybody else. So it, it's it's a way of me spreading my love and spreading what I could do. So it's it's not a bad thing. So you have to have that mindset when there is things happening in this world, you have to find the opportunity to grow with it. And, and like I said, adjust and pivot with it, right? Right. 
that's what the podcast has done for me. Yeah. It's forced me to go back to, I guess you would say the basics and it's forced me to be able to, uh, I guess, elevate others, elevate myself. And I didn't do that on purpose, but when I went back in and I kind of was digging into all the things that I've learned over the years and trying to serve and trying to help people maybe make some type of way of impact with them. Yeah. I've had so many people message me that I have no, I'm probably never meet them. And I, I see all the nice messages. He's changed my life. Yeah. Like this guy's changed my life. I went there to listen about something and then over time has changed my life. I have a whole different way of looking at life, yeah. not just business. That's that is so humbling. It's so, it's so nice to hear. Yeah. And that gives me more motivation and give more. That's all I want to do is keep giving, 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 giving. Oh, hundred percent. Right. And that's just, and that's the whole thing about making sure that you're always sharpening, sharpening your sword. I'm yeah. always sharpening because when I bring on guests like yourself that are, they're so impactful and so much knowledge. Like I sit back and I'll ask questions and I'll frame and I'll do certain things. But you notice that I don't, I'm not asking certain questions that normal people would ask Yeah, because it's not, it's, it's not about me and it's not about what everyone thinks they want to hear. I'm trying to trying to get the information out of you that it's going to make an impact with my listeners. That's my responsibility. Hundred percent. I love that. Yeah, yeah no, it makes hundred percent sense. Yeah. And I've listened to your show, and I know that you do that. And that was a, that was my pivot point. Yeah. But with your podcast, like, what is the thing that actually drives you to put all the effort into your show? There's there's two levels of it, and I'm going to be as blunt and honest as possible. When I started the podcast, this was the first time in my life. I've been a successful entrepreneur for so many years. Mm -hmm. And, and Chris, it, 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 this is, I'm going to be as blunt as possible. I see a lot of coaches on social media that are coaching. And when I go, when I look at their background, they've never accomplished nothing. Exactly. It is literally oh God, I love at this. 22 years old, 23 years old. I'm a coach and I'm charging this and I could change you to eight figures and I could change your life. And, and I'm like, what are these guys doing? There's people actually paying to learn off somebody paying a lot of money to learn off somebody. They've never accomplished nothing on their own. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I'm like, okay, how am I? going to brand myself and 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 because i know i know my stuff mm -hmm. i'm very comfortable in, in in my knowledge i'm very comfortable in teaching but how am i going to be able to open up to the masses and being able to to pass that word on and spread that word so i said okay i i have to get out there and network and i thought the first way of networking and building was a podcast so i said let me let me start off this podcast let me put some work into it and see what happens with didn't expect it to take off the way it is we're, we're getting 14 15,000 downloads an episode already which is insane amazing and so and yeah. i never thought thank you brother and i never thought it would take off that way but it's also it was a way of branding myself and as mm -hmm. the podcast evolved and we got more listeners and just like you said people messaging me dming me and i was like i'm i'm giving an opportunity for a listener to realize that there's struggle and there's stories. And you talked about this at the beginning of this podcast. There's a story behind everybody's life. And mm -hmm. that's why I try to do with my podcast. I don't try to make my podcast a learning podcast. I try to bring a conversation. So I yeah. want my listeners to be like, 
Chris Ross, you know what, Chris Ross, he's not just, he's just not a multimillionaire that's successful, overnight success. There is no overnight success. No. I want to know his yeah. struggle. I want to know what happened with his sister. I want to know how, how his dad impacted him. I want the listeners to know the whole story behind that entrepreneur and how they got there and what their journey is and how they struggled. I want to know about their wives. I want to know about their kids. So when they're done listening to the show, they have learned something because there's tons of hints of inspiration, tons of hints of lessons. But at the same time, too, they have taken they take something out of it and be like, you know what? I could do this too. I've mm. been through this. I've 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 overcome this as well. Or I've been in, in a situation that where I, I was abused. Yeah, right. that one moment. So that podcast started with me wanting to brand myself. And then, and I'm going to go back into the whole coaching thing in a sec, but it was me I love you doing all these loopbacks. And I know people are catching on to this. Yeah. But you picked out a couple things that I've mentioned at the beginning and, and just a couple you know, huge emotional experience pieces yeah. and dropped them in and doing loopbacks. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm loving this right here, okay, right now. That. And, <laughs> and, and I'm looking at it as now an opportunity for people to learn their story. When I meet somebody for the first time and as an entrepreneur, if I'm going to work with them, before I even work with them, the first thing I do is I get them to fill out a, a sheet, a worksheet on their story. I want to know your story. I want to know your how many brothers, siblings you have. I want to know where your parents worked. I want to know where you're born. What Everything you know of yourself growing up, I want to know your story. And I want you to know your story and understand right. it and study it. Because once you know your own story, now you can move forward. And right. I think and a can lot you of communicate it. And I teach people how to communicate it properly. hundred percent. Because a lot of people don't know their story or even if they, obviously they know their story, but they, they kind of push it aside and they, and they've, and they've left it as a memory. And, and, and there's a lot of issues hundred percent and they, they don't let it out. And once they go through their story, understand their story. Now they could put it aside and move on forward because they've, if they fully digested it all, I mean, that's the easiest way to go about it. Yeah. I love this. It's all about re-anchoring certain emotions. Hundred percent. All about re-anchoring. Like yeah. when I am, when I'm asking questions with people, I'm not listening for what you're telling me. Yeah. Because that's sometimes untrue. Yeah. And you don't. Maybe you don't understand. But when I start asking questions, when it, when it's tied into certain emotions, and people have a thing called a memory, right? And that's a snapshot, and it takes in your mind of something with a high emotional experience. That's why you remember the biggest days of your life. Yeah. And you don't remember when you're sitting in school, like trying to cheat on a test or something. No. <laughs> right? You don't remember these things because that's what your brain is. Your brain's a computer, but you have to feed it the right things and understanding. So when you have a, a traumatic experience, I've watched people have horrible experiences in life and it would actually make an impact with them negatively their whole lives until they would meet me. And then I would have a conversation. I would re-anchor that emotion, a different emotion tied into that story. Yeah. And they'll go, wait a minute. I can use that as motivation or I can use this as blah, 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 blah. Right? Insert yeah. story. Yeah. And they'll go, man, th that's the impact. So when they're listening to shows like this, I'm trying to get the information out. So it might be just a trigger for someone to go, wait a minute. Jeff mentioned this. I was listening to the show. And Jeff mentioned this. And I'm like, wow. That might be smart, but I might have said it over a hundred thousand times. But if you said it with a different voice and a different tonality and a different passion behind it, that goes, wait a minute, everything is possible. And I'm like, well, fuck, man. Like, <laughs> so that's that's the that's the power behind the information and stories because you're just certain there's certain emotions tied into those. 
I mean, how much do you see that with your, and I love that you have your staff fill out a worksheet and about their story. Yeah. How much do you dig into their story? I dig into their story as far as they want to dig into it, right? I mean, I you, you, you have to understand people's limits, but you have to make them understand that they have to understand their own story. Mm-hmm. It's it, that's I think that's the biggest bridge is, is is that connection of my own story and and embracing it and understanding it and everything happens for a reason. I'm not a, Chris. I'm not, I'm not a religious cause and effect person. world, baby. It's a cause and effect world. I'm not a religious person. I believe in karma. I believe in what you put out to the world. You're going to get back. Mm-hmm. Like simple stuff. You're walking down the street, smile at people. When you get that smile back, you've made their day. So little impacts like that make a huge difference on the world. But I do believe in. You have to embrace your story to be able to spread that knowledge or that what you've learned, those lessons to other people. Right. That is your duty as a human is to be able to pass on your lessons because we're all teachers and we have to be able to spread that. Whether you're an entrepreneur, whether it's your career, whatever your lessons, what you've been through, if you've been through something traumatic as a kid, by you opening up and telling your story, you might save another child. Yeah. You might save another life. Pain and suffering. Someone. Exactly. Exactly. Suffering, suffering is a choice. hundred percent. You choose to suffer and stay 100%. there. hundred percent. A lot of people are just reveling in their own bullshit and they, they give up on themselves. That's the, that's the thing that drives me insane is watching someone that beats themselves. But that's, once again, parents growing up, yep. looping back, but it's a victim card. People play the victim card and we live in a society where it's okay to be the victim. You know why? Because if something bad happened to me, I'm going to put a post on social media that this happened horribly to me today and we're going to get 50 different likes. Don't worry, Jody. Everything's going to be okay. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. That's what happens. We are being awarded for playing the victim card. If I put a good story just to get a like, the post shit just to get a response. But, but, but it's, it's, but it's that whole mindset and then it becomes, it becomes part of their personality. Like every time I post something shit, I'm going to get people to like it. But when I post something positive, people are going to be like, oh, whatever. It is like, especially, you know, I know that you mentioned this and there's another loop back and we keep doing it to each other. That's what I'm looking forward to when I come on your show. So power from that way, the spotlight's not not, off of you and it's on me and I have to answer the questions a lot. That's what I love about these impactful conversations. They talk about a lot about those coaches and people that maybe in your surroundings, you have someone that you start exceeding expectations and you have your circle of influence or lack thereof. And they start shitting all over you. I have people that I grew up with, man, refuse to see me in my new skin. Yeah. Refuse. Yeah. But those people I don't. Can, I, it doesn't matter what I share. They'd be like, man, fuck that guy. Because <laughs> what it is, they're not, they don't hate me. Yeah. All it is, is they're, they're hating their choices that they made over in, in the, during the duration of their lives or why they don't have the life that I have. Okay. Rule number one. Rule number one, if anybody takes anything out of this whole podcast, anybody that brings negative into your life is because they're below you. Yep. And they want to be you or they're jealous of where you are. And, I'm and the under- coaches. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> so, here, so here's the thing about some here. You mentioned coaches, right? Yeah. And there's they motive like the shitty coaches out there motivate me to try to serve them on a on a larger capacity. 
Yeah, and what I mean by that is I lead by example, and that's just the way that I live my life. I always will lead by you lead through action. You don't lead through words. Love I'm going to show them that they're not ready for this level yet. I love they're that. not ready. I love you're not ready. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so when they when here's the thing. Make an example. We talked about basketball. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. You have Tron Lu would walk into a room. And you wouldn't know what type of players they were if you took away their names and took away the experiences in your mind or whatever that was. You didn't know if you ever saw them play. Then you watch them play and you realize that they're not on. They shouldn't be on the same. They shouldn't be on the same level. level they're, yeah. they're not on that level. Yeah. That's what happens when you get people like a real coach, like uh, like well, we're not. We're, that's not what we do. We're not coaches. No. We're just entrepreneurs, and we're going to seed expectations, and we're winners. Yeah. Winners win. Losers complain and point fingers and play victim bullshit. Yeah, just like we talked about the victim card, right? They they play it and then those are the ones that are always going to hate. I get more haters from coaches. Yeah. Than I actually do other people in the industry that are not looking up to me or I don't look up to anybody. No. I you you put your pants on just like me, man. You that's all it is. I look at you, how can we help each other? Hundred percent, and I think that is why your podcast, my podcast, has succeeded because I don't look at as I when I get I get I don't like any names, but I get these big gurus in the industry on my podcast. People are like, "How'd you get them on my podcast?" I don't do any research on them. I don't do <laughs> I don't, I don't do any background. I turn on the mic and I start talking and I have a conversation with them. You're right. just we're, we're equals right now. I don't it's care still, if you got. So I don't care if you got funny, you're one this. million followers. It doesn't matter to me. No, who gives a shit? I had Steve Sims on, and I had no idea who Steve Sims was until he actually got on the podcast a week. Well, we had a conversation, yeah. and we got on the show, and we had such impactful conversation. I don't know if you watched that episode, but he shared so many golden nuggets. Yeah. And I was like framing certain, you know, part of the conversation, and he was like, "Wow!" And it was like he was blown away. He was like. He said, have you read the book? And I'm like, no, I didn't read your book. I don't know anything about you other than your Steve Sims and you were introduced by this person. But I don't want to know about you. I don't want to talk about all the things that you succeeded in life about. Yeah. But when I'm having a conversation with someone, I have a, you know, obviously a first conversation to make sure that you're qualified to get on the show because it's my moral obligation to my, you know, my staff. Anybody's ever attached to me and also my listeners, and most 100%, importantly, 100%. and yeah, I learned something. You mentioned that, and we were talking about coaches, and it popped in my head. It was like a trigger. Steve Sims said something that was really impactful. He goes, and this goes out to anybody that's looking for a coach or looking for a business or maybe a biz op or whatever, right? And for a pro coaching program. If they made all their money from that program, don't buy that shit. Yeah. I love that. Don't buy it. I love that. I don't love buy that. it. Don't hey, don't we, buy we, permission. Don't buy within financially. Don't do it. No, we could go on this forever. It's just and 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 that's the problem with social media, especially Instagram and YouTube, is there's so much opportunity for advertising. Mm-hmm. And you get an average person just goes on and they want to be an entrepreneur, or they have drive to be an entrepreneur, and it's just they're fed into their system, they're fed, they're fed, they're mm-hmm. fed into their feed. Advertising, advertising. I help coaches scale seven figures. I help coaches scale eight figures. If you're doing this, and it's just this constant bleed. People out there, and you don't have to work with Chris. You don't have to work with me. There's millions of great coaches out there. 
Right. Do your research on that person. Make right. sure they have done what they are telling you to they, do. Zero. We live in a world right now. Anybody can call themselves anything they want to call them. You know, the, everyone's a best, you know, best-selling author or, an, or a major seven-figure entrepreneur, but they're not. Overnight, you could be a best-selling. Well, no, man. But, but you're, you're looking for credibility, and instant credibility is your previous work. Hundred percent. I don't. I'm not a coach. Yeah. People ask me like, "Hey, what do you, you have a coaching program?" No, yeah. I don't have a coaching program. The the bits and things you see on my social media feeds that's yeah. from real trainings. Yeah, yeah. I'm that's I might be in a meeting, and they're clipping that and putting it out on social media, and they're like, "Well, would you just would you be ever open to mentor?" Like, yeah, I'll be open to mentor, but you, I would. I'm looking for the right student. Yeah, and yeah. I don't look for them and send messages. Hey, if you're looking for a coaching program, you're looking. For it, I don't need to do that. You got a lot I'm of. Putting, I'm polarizing out my frequency, and people that are on that frequency. I want to be on that frequency. Are going to come to me. Hundred percent. I don't have to ask for business, and that, and, yet, and that's done through real credibility and work. I, honest to God, Chris, on a weekly basis, get DM'd by a coach, yeah. young, young coach, wanting to sell me his coaching program. And this is nonstop. And mm -hmm. I sit there and I'm like, and I go, I go before, before I do anything, I message back, I go, please do a little research on me and then get back to me. And mm -hmm. they never get back to me. And it's right. the bare fact that it's just, it's, it's this constant battle of this, everybody trying to be the next big thing. Right. And, and like I said, just do your research, people. Find out right. what your and at the same time too, you might you might get five coaches in, in a row that are all very qualified, but you only mesh with one of them. Right. So, and, and and I don't want to go down on go on this go and get on my soapbox and talk about them in a, in a <laughs> negative way. I'm looking at it as a way. How can I help you guys get more substance? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And gain more credibility, but don't try to be the guy when you're not that guy or girl. Yeah. When you're not that yet. It can happen. Yeah. But what needs to happen, you need to turn your camera off, read a bunch of books, go out there and do some shit, and then turn that shit back on and then try to inspire people. Or when you see people that um <laughs> and I have actually a friend of mine and I don't want to talk bad about him, but he'll he'll do these videos, he's trying too damn hard, man. You yeah, know what I mean? talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying so hard. And I'm like, just relax, man. He's, he's trying to be it's intense. Relaxed. I know, I know exactly what you're you talking naturally. about. <laughs> you don't need to be that. Be yeah. you. Be, okay. I'll, we're going to talk about this quickly. This is going to throw it out right there. There's a lot of individuals on uh, social media nowadays where they're not you. And yeah. and I get a lot of a lot of questions where it's like a lot of people in, in our industry um, – they hire people to run all their social media, all this. This is just fine because you're busy, you have a lifestyle, right. you have you have other businesses to run. One thing about myself, and and I refuse to allow somebody to do my posts. All my posts mm -hmm. till this day, and I probably till the day I die are gonna be me. Cause I want people, I, I want to post pictures of my kids. I want to say, hey, look at my daughter mm -hmm. did today. I want to be as real as I can because that's who I am. Right. Anything I post is a thousand percent me. It's not. It's right. not a fake image of me. It's not that that's me. That's my life. That's what I'm doing at that moment. And 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 I think that is very important is tell people to be as real as you possibly can. Right. People that's want the transition that we made on ours is that I have, you know, the Team Chris Ross account, which is just 
clips of all the other things that I do. Yeah, yeah. Then you have the podcast page and then you have my personal page, which unfortunately got hacked. And I had they the election time. They when I got hacked, they deactivated, but they just put it on hold and they'll say we'll get back to it. And it's been a month, which has been it's been really nice that I've had a kind of a break off of social media stuff. It's been nice. I keep, I keep um, clicking on it to see if it's activated. Like, what happened to it? Yeah. What happened? Just I didn't do anything wrong. No one did anything. We got hacked into. And then when they got hacked, they, they thought it was like a, you know, whatever. And they're just trying to protect me. So they shut it down. And they're not open to, they said it'd be after election time that they'll give it back to me. And I'm like, well, what the freak? Man? Just unlock the damn thing and give it back. And that's the transition that we made is that I'm not going to be sharing trainings or things that I do on my personal page. Yeah. It's me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's, very thing, it's things that inspire me. It's the things that, you know, I'll go. I was just, you talked about opportunity. I went to, um, obviously, I'm in the UK, London, yeah. and you can't get good chicken wings or a good hot dog in, <laughs> in the UK, okay? So when I get a good chicken wing every once in a while, it's always done by food trucks. You get a good chicken wing, right? And it was really good. It was like New York style, like a chicken wing. And I looked at the opportunity, like, hey, I noticed it's a food truck. Or have you ever thought about opening a restaurant? And I'm like talking to him. It's all about experience. I'm taking pictures of stuff. And then I have a meeting. I don't know if I'm an investor or not. But anyways, make a long story short. Those that's those are the things that I will be posting. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Because that's the, that's the entrepreneur spirit. That's, that's where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you see all these people doing the same thing and looking like the same joker. Yeah. 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 You're always going to get the same result. But I'm always focusing on how can I get better each and every day. That you have to, you have to, Chris. You're, you're constantly. I wake up every single day, and it's just what I'm going to do today to get better. What I'm going to do today to get further ahead, and it's just constant battle with myself. And and I I'm hard on myself. Oh, as an entrepreneur, my next question. I am so hard on myself. If I go through every single day, I still write. I handwrite. I love handwriting. A do list every morning. Every single morning, <laughs> I handwrite. I do. You're gonna laugh. You're gonna laugh. On the back of every paper when I start my day, it's my, it's my brain dump. I, every morning I do my Oh, man, dump. that's amazing. And, and, and I go through it. And anything I don't accomplish, I pass on to the next morning. And throughout the day, throughout the evening, when I'm home, I'll email myself. So when I come in the morning, I, I literally take all my emails of what things I need to add into my do list. And I just write out my do list. And I'm hard on myself. If I don't get my do list finished or if I'm coming, if I, there's one or two things I'm missing, it bothers me. It bothers me because I feel unaccomplished that day. So right. you have to be able to set your standards so high right. that you have you you got to fly to that ceiling to achieve it. You got to be able to push yourself to the limits. And as long as you keep doing that, all of a sudden, one week passes, two weeks passes, three weeks, mm -hmm. a month, two months. And you're and you're look back and you're like, look at what I've accomplished in the last last four right. months or five months, right? But you see all that growth, and that's where it comes from. And a lot of people they said they have to have one goal they're going after. What happens when you achieve that goal? So that's why I talk about outcome. The outcome continues to keep getting bigger. I have milestones, yeah, that happen, but it's one outcome. And you mentioned the tar I'm like my targets and my task are done night before. So when I'm writing those out, I want to walk into my office if I'm not here, if I'm somewhere else. I'm walking in knowing exactly what I need to accomplish. And that's a, that's a must. It's not a should. It's a must. Yeah, 100%. So if I don't hit those, I am pissed. But I'm not pissed. I'm just going to measure and reassess, yeah. change the targets to the task to get to the overall outcome still. 100%. The outcome's not changing, man. No. That's, that's the standard. Yeah. And then that's why I talk a lot about where – 
people that say, well, I don't have a lot of talent. I don't, I'm, I train skill, bro. Like you're, you're here right now, but I'm going to get you here because my minimum requirement is here and you're not there yet. Yeah. Notice I said yet. Yeah. I'm going to get you there, but you're going to have to show me effort and have the right attitude. 100%. 100%. Attitude is, 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 is key. And when I talk about time, I think that's the lamest excuse an entrepreneur could have because reality is, is time is your schedule. Mm-hmm. As long as you have a set schedule and you're right. focused on your schedule, you can manage your time and multitask. Different, yeah, and different priorities. You got the people, these amazing people that are behind you, icons, open yeah. Winfrey. You got, you know, a Muhammad Ali, a Steve Jobs, Albert Einstein. They had the same 24 hours that we got. <laughs> I, I always say that. We're all on the same 24 hours. I multitask where I utilize my carbs. I drive a lot because of my properties and stuff. And I use my driving time as opportunity. Mm. And, and and I use it as three different opportunities. So I always tell the people, I try to teach people this. My morning drives to the office I use that as learning opportunity. I'll listen to an audiobook. I'll listen to a podcast. I'll try to learn something. The middle of the day drives, I use that as time to connect. And when wow. I'm talking about to connect, I'll use that as, 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 as phone conversations with my parents, with my family, with friends, with networks that I haven't talked to in a while. I'll use that as network time. And then my nighttime on the way home is I like, I want to get home with a good attitude. And I use that as my music time. Yeah, There's nothing wrong it. with put you on the music. That's your, that's your you time. You need that time. And put the music on and just listen to music and dance in the car and get in a good vibe and get some good vibration. So when you get home, you're you're on a positive high. So if you could focus on like that's the simplest thing, your time in the car, utilizing that time to fill in spaces, or even there's a lot of times in the middle of the day. I know I got two or three, four business calls. I'll schedule them between the times of my drives. So right. I'm double, I'm driving, I'm on my Bluetooth and I'm making my business calls at the same time. So you're utilizing your time and you're maximizing your time, right? Right. That's a lot of people when they are hard charges and it takes a hard charger to be become an entrepreneur and actually get to a certain levels that they actually want to achieve in life. Yeah. There's certain times in my day where I have to recharge and yeah. I'll do different things because I'm I might be working on a different part of my brain. And that's not serving me that well. And I'll have to go back to the other side and I can't do it. Yeah. And the reason why I say I can't do it because of that, that, that gives me an opportunity to find out how I can make sure I put myself in the right position to where I have that certain time. Like um, before you jumped on to the show, I was listening to music. That's my way of kind of like clearing out whatever I'm doing Yeah. I right before I get on. And it kind of puts me into a zone. Yeah. And it doesn't. It could be anything I'm listening to. It, it doesn't mean it has to be something inspirational. It doesn't. No. No. But in my meets. I have a. I, I have a very strict schedule. Me too. Me too. But very strict schedule. And then when that schedule is always going to change a little bit because I'm, I'm depending on what I need to do. Yeah. But I have to hit on those areas, and that's where you become unaligned a little bit because you're working on so many other things. And I had to suffer the hard way in my personal life. Cause I was overcompensating in certain areas of my life and not putting in other things, but I wasn't getting anything from those areas in my life at that time and getting what I needed in my basic human needs. Yeah. I wasn't getting, I felt like I was giving, 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 but not I wasn't receiving anything or even feeling like I was being appreciated. So what did I do? We're humans. You should, yeah. My subconscious and everything else. I'm like, well, I'm not getting what I need. So I'm just going to put forth more effort in there. And I suffered the consequence. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a fi- but, it's finding that 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 balance. But you need to human nature. We 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 push and, and gravitate towards something, getting something back. Yeah. So if you're not getting something back, it's hard to gravitate towards that. It's just human nature in general, right? So we have to learn how to balance and then how to maximize all those opportunities to get something back. So we feel like we're contributing, but we're also, we're also intaking something for ourselves. Right. And you don't look for it externally. And I learned that. And that's the something that I have learned over the past year. Yeah. Is it from whatever source it was, I need to get something from it from myself rather than looking from it and trying to receive it externally. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. So that way, because like when you're trying to help people or you're trying to do whatever you might want to do in order for me to make sure that I'm giving forth enough effort to make sure that I'm going to win in every area of my life, yeah, I need to put forth the time and effort in the same preparation in all the other areas of my life. I don't want to give, you know, and this is, you're, you know, adapter, right? And you're, you have an amazing family. You're family centric first. And I love that. Yeah. You even you mentioned you haven't missed a meal at twelve years. Yeah, uh-huh. dinner to dinner. I, I find dinner time is such an important part of communication with your kids. Right. A it lot is, of. I, I'm going to give you a little thing right now, and I know. I mean, we're we're we all have different lives and we're different situations we're going through, but this is a very important little stat I put out there uh, to parents. Eighty percent. Of this is studies. Eighty percent of the FaceTime we have with our kids are all before the age of eighteen. Mm. So knowing that stat, and if every parent knew that stat, maybe you would realize that it's so important to be able to influence your kids and be there with them for those times. So my mindset is: there's nothing more relaxing and more precious than sitting down and having a meal together. If you're having right. a meal together, this is a relaxed time now. This is a time when we could open up and have a conversation. I could find out down your phone. Going, going through my daughter, my 14-year-old started high school daughter's head and what's going through my son's head. And if there's any anxieties, any moments, we just have open conversations. We just right. talk, we laugh. And, and those precious moments are going to be filled with memories that they're going to take with them the rest of their life. And they're going to realize those. So to me, I call it the three to seven. I'm I no matter what I do at 245, I'm out of the office every day. I don't care what I have to do. You gotta go. Yeah. And 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 I'm home from three to seven. I love that. And, and that's the my time, whether it's just my son does ba- plays baseball, whether my daughter I gotta take her to dance, whether we're, we're sitting down having a dinner, that's family time. Three to mm-hmm. seven o'clock, everything else in this world is shut off. Right. And and I've learned to master that. And I think how I mastered that and how I was able to do that and still be able to succeed in business is to wake up earlier. And that was one thing I had to train myself saying, Hey, if I want to be able to be home from three to seven o'clock every single day and shut off my life, then I need to be able That's to so important, but you, you have to take, you have to look at it objectively. It was like, where can I find an area of opportunity? And I know we keep going back to this, but the area of opportunity for me to, you know, find the right time to make sure it's a priority. Yeah. Like, and we talked about that and this is where, and I don't want to keep going on this one topic, but I think it's so important for people to listen to and hear and like really take it in. If you like, so a lot of times when people, they try to decompress and they go watch TV or go or whatever that is for you. If that's fine, I just don't like mindless entertainment, but if I'm not focusing and having my me time and music or having my me time, because I, I'm, your mind's the most impressionable for, for myself and anybody yeah. is first thing in the morning. That's where I do brain dump and I'm learning things. I'm doing whatever I need to do. Then I'm communicating and I'm making an impact and I'm able to be a little bit more creative. 
connecting with people after connecting with people, go work on something else, get something away from it. Maybe music could be something else and entertainment, something that brings me joy. Then, then it's time to map out my next day, map out what's happened, look at measure and reassess and then move on. And then having that set time where I'm not trying to decompress because I've already done that throughout my whole day. I think that what you're bringing up topic wise is so important for, for entrepreneurs in general, humans is the bookshelf of life. Yes. Wake up. I always say, wake up like a champ, finish like a champ, your nighttime and your morning. If you have a good morning routine and a good nighttime routine, everything in between is going to fall in perfectly. Right. I swear. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I can look back and all the experiences I had in my life and where I became more unaligned is where I didn't have a, a, like those habits or that schedule. Yeah. And I was being a little bit more reactive to life because I don't know, certain times you just start getting complacent, but I was hitting so many goals. I was really good at my business life. It was awful in my personal life. This is years way before. Yeah. I was like, well, how the f- does this happen? Like, why do I keep what it was? I didn't get anything. I didn't learn. I didn't learn how to transfer energy and do the things for me. I was doing it for other things because someone told me that I would never make seven figures until I made eight. <laughs> you know? So they're like, well, wait a minute. I'm like, and then that I was doing it for another reason. Yeah. Yeah. Bought into the identity. So when I removed that and I realigned myself and you know, reach out, it takes a lot of hard work. But 100%. when you're doing that, a lot of people, they don't want to tell people publicly they failed because they're looked up to or they would maybe feel like they're going to be looked down upon. Like, nah, man, people love comeback stories and people love to talk, the, the learn from someone else's, you know, adversity and setbacks in life because they didn't have to potentially go through it themselves. Hundred percent. That goes back to your story, right? Just talking about your right. story, being real with your story, understanding your story, and and thriving with your story. Yeah, just use be real, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Just use that as as your as your animation, right? Use that as everything that's going to drive you to get that 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 next level. Right. I I know I'm really conscious of obviously time we have going on, but yeah. just the main thing is I want people to understand. And if you're you're tuning into this, and maybe you haven't, you know, seen Jeff. But if you've listened to all the way through this episode, you realize there's a lot of substance there. He is deep. This guy's been an entrepreneur is pretty much his whole adult life, his whole adult life. Yeah. But he looks for the opportunities. If you had to give a piece of advice for those maybe younger minded people when they're going out of high school, going into college, if you can speak to them just for a second, there's a lot of people that are trying to consume content, but they're consuming the wrong content. Okay. What advice would you give them? First advice is learn sales. Oh, the wow. Biggest, the biggest, biggest opportunities come to people that are good at sales. Yep. And your whole life, you're going to be selling yourself. So I'm a strong believer in, I wish in high school, right through high school, they would be teaching sales courses because you would get a lot more entrepreneurs, a lot more people succeed in life. So focus on sales, learn sales learn how to adapt sales into your life. And then once you're ready, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you don't want to be an entrepreneur, that's fine. You can have a career and be successful. But if you you want to be an entrepreneur, find your passion, find something that you can wake up every day and say, I love doing this. And then just figure out your goals and your purpose and just drive with it. Have a purpose, find out why you want to do it and just drive with it. So once you have a passion, you find your purpose, you just drive with it and don't let anybody that's trying to hold you back. You just, you just let them go. 
Right. Because if you're doing what you're doing, they'll go away eventually because they're not going to get the attention that they're looking for, the reaction they're getting have, from you. Have this mindset because a lot mm -hmm. of people, and I, I was having this conversation the other day with somebody, everybody in your life has a purpose. And I'm yeah. a strong believer in this. You might have a friend that's been in your life for 15 years, a strong friend, but you know what? You've outgrown that friend. There's nothing wrong with that. They were in your life for 15 years. They had a purpose there. There's nothing wrong. You'd appreciate, understand their purpose and move on. You mm -hmm. might go to the grocery store and somebody just gives you and, and gives you a big smile or you had a little conversation on the line at the grocery store and, and that changed your attitude that day. That person had, that person had a purpose in your life for those two minutes. So yeah. everybody has a purpose. Anybody ever trying to hold you back, they're not your right environment at that time. Surround yourself with people you want to be, people you inspire to be. Right. Find your passion and just drive for it, man. It's, 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 Chase nothing, the frequency nothing, that you're wanting. Nothing is going yeah. to come to you. You have to work for everything in this world. You have to work. And if it comes to you for free, it's usually not the right thing for you at that time. Right. That's great advice. Great advice. And it just proves the whole, my whole statement in a way that I framed that. There's, yeah. there's a lot of layers to you. Yeah. That's really good advice because a lot of they, they're focusing on the wrong thing. Too many things are energy drainers all day long and they're focusing on those and they're not, and they think that's going to get them there. But like they look at it, oh, I have to go work for someone for a little, listen, it's okay. Go work for someone, hone in on your skill and what can you learn from that business Yes, and be a sponge and then use that as a stepping stone and to catapult you to another industry potentially. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. And I love that the advice you gave with sales. And I, I truly believe this. The best entrepreneurs come from sales or finance. 100%. 100%. They understand money and they understand how to communicate their message. It's all about sharing a vision, man. People think they need to sell. I'm going to sell. You get that bullshit. Sell me this pen. If you're listening to those fuckers, don't. You're, you're going to lose. Because I'm telling you right now, you're going to lose to a company that I'm tied into. <laughs> we're gonna out, we're going to outwork you, and we're doing it in an emotional, intelligent way, and we're not trying to convince someone they need a fucking pen. We're telling <laughs> you, you know, why you might have to use a pen at yeah. some point, and then maybe it could be not a pen, a marker. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. They got an over man. I tell you, man. Oh wow! I was like, well, they have to go. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to. I said, like, why do you need to do it? That's the most offensive question you can ask. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think you need that? I always ask why. I think that's a huge, huge question to ask people. And then I'm going to tell you how. Yeah. Yeah. How and then and sales why. right there. That's yeah. sales and communicating that vision, asking what, when, why, how question, diagnostic questions. Once I diagnose whatever the is going on with you, yeah. maybe I have to re-anchor certain emotions and then re-tie in and loop backs and frame it the way that you need to receive it, not the way that I need to tell you. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you or communicate it. I need to tell you and communicate it the way that you need to hear it. Hundred percent. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one little thing too. Is if you are in that mindset of you you do want to be an entrepreneur, you do want to work on your own, but you know what? Financially, you have to. I, I love that part too. Is is there's nothing wrong with working for somebody that's in that industry that's already mm -hmm. achieved that and learn from them but set goals and set goals with dates on them. Dates right. are very important. So I always tell people set a three month goal, a six month goal and one year goal. Anything past one year 
it's 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 too far ahead to think. Mm-hmm. But why I say three, six in in one year is these are marking stones for your goals. And then once you have your three-month goal, now you're going to set daily goals. It's a domino effect. Daily goals to get to your three-month goals. And it could be anything. If I want to lose weight, day one, I'm going to drink some more water. Day two, I'm going to go for a walk. Set your daily goals to get to your three-month, to your six-month, and one year. But make that one-year mark or six-month mark is, is when I'm going to open up the business or when I'm going to dedicate – three to six o'clock every night towards the business, even though I'm still working thing. So as long as you have goals, because it's so easily for us to get into a rhythm, humans are very, 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 very much pushed into doing everything in a rhythm. So all of a sudden we build these rhythms where it's like nine to five, we get up, we get our coffee, go to work, we get home, we're tired. And oh you man, I just was talking about this the other day with the habits and it turns into, you know, the habits turn into behaviors and it turns into personality yeah. traits and moods and all that little stuff. Exactly. Man, I tell you what. Exactly. So as long as you have your goals and you have daily goals to go with the long-term goals, you're going to keep on track and mm-hmm. have them Visually, visually, write them down, look at them, write them down, be accountable for them, tell people. Another thing too, I'm always a type where if I'm going to start something, I tell everybody, I say, hey guys, I'm going to start a coaching business in, okay, I'll give you an example. When I started this in in, in May, the podcast, when, I, when the whole uh, pandemic started, I started a podcast, I up my coaching business and I said, in January, I'm going to come with a coaching platform and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a book published. And I told everybody around me I was new that people are like, you're crazy. But yeah, now I gotta hold myself exactly. Hold yourself accountable for getting it. And everything right. I said, I'm I'm on pace to do everything because I hold myself accountable to achieve everything I promised everybody I was gonna do. It's patterns. Exactly. Patterns. All this is a pattern. That's where people they, they need it, that that one habit. If it's not helping, is it serving you? Great. If it's not serving you, then you need a different pattern. Hundred percent. You need a different pattern, but you need to have those, I guess you need to have a strong foundation to build upon. You can't build a successful business off of bullshit. No, no, no. There's no, and and people are going to see right through that, man. I love this, man. I appreciate you coming. I'm looking forward to, I think it's what next week when next I come week, on here. Next week, brother. Man, I think we continue our conversations. It's been beautiful, but we didn't talk baseball day. or nothing. Next week, we'll talk a little baseball. All right. Well, yeah, hey, throw me a curveball, do what you got to do, but I can hit both. So we're good. <laughs> so I I know that, it's, of course, some of the things that people always say towards the end, I know this is easy to kind of find. You got Jeff Knows Inc. podcast, social media channels. I mean, but where else can our listeners like kind of like, like really yeah, find it's, you. It's, I mean, I, my email is very open. I, I, I'm using primarily our, our podcast email now is Jeff at Jeff Shoot me an email if you have any questions mm-hmm. and yeah, check out our podcast, Jeff knows Inc. Next week, we're gonna have Chris on we're, we pre-record a couple weeks in advance. So I'll, I'll, I'll make sure we place it up everywhere for everybody to see the live version of that as well. And just hit me on. I, I'm I'm all over Instagram right now. I'm nice. I'm just using Instagram as our platform. So it's at Jeff Lopes, um, J E F F L O P E S. And yeah, man, I, I, it's all about networking, building communities, man. I, I love yeah. just talking relationships, love yeah. building relationships, and I love networking with individuals like like yourself, Chris, and just in learning. And, and I wish you had your partner here today, but I'll, I'll reach out to him as well, just to network with right. him as well. But just building relationships, man. Just building building relationships. Yeah, but Wes was, he was so upset that he was going to be to be here today. He was obviously unwell, but Wes, if you're watching this, if it, sometimes he'll skim through some things just to make sure. But he was looking forward to having a chance to, you know, ask you some questions. He loved your story. 
and it really made an impact with them. And definitely I'll have, I'll let them know that your kind words. And, but other than that, guys, if you <laughs> listen all the way to the end, congratulations, there's a, you know, a long, longer <laughs> show today, but it's been jam packed with information. So if you're looking to do anything in the entrepreneur space or just trying to win your day, tune in and go back and rewind it a couple of times. I promise you, you'll learn something from it. Y'all guys, y'all take care. I'll see y'all soon.